This is Edge Cases. I'm Andrew Pontius. And I'm all French. And our topic this week is apps for iWatch. Okay. Uh, and also Apple TV. Basically, all the devices that are not the devices we make apps for now mm-hmm. from Apple. So, so that ought to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we actually did get a decent amount of feedback on our last episode on Swift. Um, but I'd like to keep this to a shorter show today. I know we've said that before. And so I think I'm just going to include some links uh, to the blog post and other things that other people have written and sent in to us for this, for, in response for this episode. And not that they've said it in response to our episode, but they sent it to us. Anyway, so we'll put those in the show notes, and, and that'll be it for, for, for that for now, at least. And also, we're going to talk a little bit about the future of edge cases. I know there were a couple of people who said, oh my god, Wolf isn't going to talk on edge cases ever again. <laughs> and, and they were very heartbroken about it, which is, which is touching, you know, yeah, you know yeah. makes us feel wanted, mm-hmm. or makes Wolf feel wanted. <laughs> um, so we'll talk a little bit about that more at the end of the episode. Uh, for now, we're just going to have a regular, regular topic. Is this like, you know, a commonly found food ingredient will cause cancer in your left eye? More details at 11 o'clock news. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, okay. Pretty much. Uh, uh, yes, it's going to make you sick listening to Edge Cases, uh, if it hasn't made you sick already. So let's start with the iWatch. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't know that Apple's actually going to come out with an iWatch. And if they do come out with an iWatch, we don't know exactly what it's going to be. Is it actually going to be a watch? Is it going to be any some, some other sort of wearable? But I thought it would be interesting to think through what it would mean. Because people have talked about, hey, there's going to be an iWatch. But I don't think anyone's really said, well, what does that mean for us as developers? What are we going to make for an iWatch? Because it's usually assumed that there would be some sort of app store for whatever Apple makes. Now, of course, with the iPhone, that wasn't true, at least at first. They made the device, they made their apps for it, and that was really kind of all they had time for. They didn't have time to do anything else. So, and I think they were kind of surprised at the idea that people would want to make apps for it. I don't think they'd be surprised at that this time around. But does that mean that they're going to give us an app store? They're going to give us APIs to work with? We shall see. So the first thing about an iWatch or a similar style device is if it has a screen at all, it's going to have a really tiny one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's what those size APIs are, are meant for. Because they seem to be better suited to the idea that, well, you're going to have the the kind of space you'd have on an iPhone. So you still have your usual text and buttons and controls and other things. They're just sometimes going to be a little bigger than an iPhone, sometimes going to be smaller. Sometimes maybe a little bit of bigger iPhone, sometimes a little bit smaller. But not, okay, now you've got an inch to play with. And that's it. You know, because if you wanted to have a, a shared app between an iWatch and an iPhone, well, you could have like a little bit of text and a button. And then that would be your, your UI on the iWatch. And then that would also be your UI on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not going to work. So what can you do on a watch or on a watch-like device that, that is interesting? Well, you can listen to stuff. Now, I have an iPod Nano 6 Gen, which is the, the one before the current one. And so that was the one which has the, the clip and its little square thing. And I'll put a link uh, in the show notes to... Yeah, I, I've lost track which nanos do what and stuff like that. So uh, it's so, right. so, it, so it has a screen. It has a screen. Uh-huh. And it's it a touchscreen. It is a touchscreen. Uh-huh. I, I thought think, it's a clip. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it's really, it felt to me like it was basically the same sort of iPod shuffle clip right. 
that that Apple has had before that, but with is a it, screen. Is this the one that someone did a Kickstarter like gave it or like a watch? Yeah, yeah, belt or whatever you call wrist strap. That's it. wrist strap for it. Yes, right. and and in fact, there is a built-in app for the iPod Nano where if you if you open that app, it looks like a watch. Okay. So you don't. They didn't even need to add that to it. They just needed to give you a strap for it. Now, of course, the trouble with it fulfilling the roles of a watch is that you have to keep turning it back on when it turns off, which is basically makes it a non-starter as far as most people are concerned. Most people, you just want to look at your watch and then look away and look at your watch. You don't have to. You don't have to keep. You don't want to have to keep turning it on. Mm-hmm. But that is what it's what it is. Now the seventh gen, the current one, is larger. It's like twice as tall, and it doesn't have a clip. It's more like kind of a. It feels more like an actual device, like a little tiny phone rather than a wearable thing. So I wasn't interested in that one, but I was interested in the in the Nano because, in the earlier Nano, because you could listen to podcasts on it. You could switch to different podcasts or, or skip later in a podcast with just your finger rather huh? than with the iPod shuffle where you had to kind of fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. You didn't know quite where you were. You didn't know what else was available because mm-hmm. there was no screen. Mm-hmm. So having the little screen really does help in that regard as far as I'm concerned, but it's still something you can clip on, which means I can use it at the gym to listen to podcasts. And so that's basically what I did with that. Now, what I've thought is since I use that at the gym and not an actual phone, and I guess some people can clip phones to their, you know, like their arm or whatever. I never really wanted to do that. I think it's too likely that it would fall out of whatever harness it was in, or it would just be too annoying to have that weight on your arm while you're trying to do things. But I would love to have you know, overcast on my iPod shuffle, mm-hmm. my iPod shuffle, my iPod nano, even I get them confused, my nope. iPod, because overcast, and I haven't actually used it because again, I, I don't use my phone to listen to podcasts at the gym, but the, the benefits that he mentioned were ones that I would want. It's got this engine that lets you what, get rid of the, the spaces in a podcast, the, the pauses, like the pauses that I keep putting in when I talk on, on our podcast. It's got something which isn't there more to it than that. It's got got the spaces. This is the speed boost, uh, like two X. I run a little bit faster than that, but yeah. Right. Well, the the iPod software now has two X. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have like two X, three X, four X, but it has two X. The other one was volume regularization. He called it something else. Volume a voice boost, I think, or something. Voice boost, something like that. Right. Where where you know, and yes, I've seen this in plenty of podcasts. I t- I turn it high for one person's voice, and then I have to keep manually turning it lower when someone else talks a lot. Or, or it's too loud. So that would be that would be nice. It would be nice to get something like that on my iPod, right? Yeah. But everywhere else, the problem is, for me, everywhere else, I have my phone. I have, I have it when I'm when I'm walking around. I have it when I'm on a plane. I have it when I'm in a car. Uh, you know, with the green eggs and ham thing, there, <laughs> right? I have it everywhere. With a goat, yeah. So. So what could you what could you do? Why would you need a watch then? What what, could, what apps could you put on a watch that you wouldn't just buy the version of it for your iPhone? Mm-hmm. And maybe you know it used to be right on planes. You oh you got to turn off all your devices. You got to turn off your phone completely. Now it's it's less than that. Now you can just have it in airplane mode at the beginning or something. They're they're changing what's going on with 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 planes at least in the U.S. And you know presumably they will eventually just let you. Keep them on, you know, when one day they have planes that won't get screwed up by having a phone on in them. So I don't think you can put a product category on the fact that sometimes in planes you can't have your phone on. Maybe things like, well, you know, I already mentioned exercise at the gym, maybe things like swimming, 
where you can let it get wet. Now, of course, you can't let the iPod touches get right. overly wet either, so that's that's still not a thing that you mm-hmm. can do. So it really is pretty hard to come up with a reason why you would want a, a, an app on an iWatch. And other people have kind of gone through this logic before and said, well, why do you need an iWatch at all? I can see some people saying, well, I want the the standard watch functionality of an Apple Watch, something that you can just, if they really could make a screen that you could just look at and they didn't have to turn off, you know, then some people might want that as a, as a, as a, as a cool programmable watch, you know, as a cool, you know, feature full watch, but, it, but I'm talking about apps for it. So that's a little different. So now maybe in the same way that the iPad was supposed to be an intermediate intermediary between your phone and your laptop, because right? Apple even said, like, why do you, why do you need this thing here? Didn't they say something like that in their introduction for the iPad? Like, what is this for? Why are we giving you this? Well, it's supposed to be in between. Maybe the watch is supposed to be uh, something that's an intermediary uh, between the phone and you somehow. Like, you don't have to get the phone out of your pocket. You can just look at something on your watch. Mm-hmm. Now, the trouble with intermediaries is that you don't always need them. Sometimes you try to get rid of them. So maybe that's, you know, one of the reasons why the iPad sales have dropped recently right. is, well, really, you just need your phone and your computer. You need a computer to do the stuff that you type in and, you know, large-scale apps. You need the phone for the stuff that's mobile. You don't really need something in the middle. That's just convenient. So if that's the case, then then that also won't really, you know, the iWatch won't be a killer category either. Because, again, you, you always can just pull out your phone. But if you if you said enough, you said, well, okay, I'm not going to pull up my phone. I'm going to go at my watch instead, and that'll be my interface to the phone when I don't have when I can't have the phone out. The UI in the watch is still really tiny. I mean, that's the biggest problem with it that it can't show you very much. Mm-hmm. You can barely probably fit a whole tweet on there. You if it's a list of things, okay, I, I can't show everything at once. I'll, I'll scroll through a list. Well, that list will be gigantic. So maybe, you know, something like texts or, or tweets, right? Well, okay, I want to just read them while I'm, while I'm on the go and I don't want to get my phone out. That actually makes some sense to do that because, again, you're, you're, you're looking at it very quickly and then you're going to look away again. Instead of pulling the phone out each time, well, just look at your watch. But you can't re- reply, right? You can't type on your, on your, on your wrist. Uh, maybe, there's, maybe there would be an a audio uh, interface, a Siri for your for your watch. When that kind of a, I didn't I don't actually if I ever saw Dick Tracy I haven't seen it anywhere recently. You know he didn't he speak into his watch to, to yeah, make stuff happen. That and uh, Michael Knight. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That, that, <laughs> uh, alas, I do remember that. <laughs> so that could be a way of saying, well, I want my phone to do something, but I don't want to take my phone, so I'm just going to speak into my watch. Now the trouble with that is, you're likely to want to do that on the go. And I don't think Siri is good enough yet to really be able to distinguish between all the background noises of a street or even in your car and your voice. I think it, it tends to get that wrong. Maybe that's gotten better, but, but it's, you know, and if that's frustrating, if they don't get it pretty much exactly right, if you have to keep repeating things over and over, then you're not going to do it. Then you're just going to take out your phone and, and, and tap on it to make that happen. And it's also, you know, Siri hasn't been opened up really to third-party apps either that I, that I can think of, right? There's ways for you to latch into certain functionality that Siri has and use that in your app, but it's not like, okay, my app says, here's, you know, if you say these words into Siri, you will trigger my app and it will do this thing. I don't think that's available just yet. And it would need to be for someone to be able to use Siri as your primary interface to your app on an iWatch. But if you did do that, 
what could you do? What could you do with that? What could you have with a watch if you didn't have to type stuff in and you didn't even have to look at stuff because Siri was going to tell you things? Uh, the kinds of things I'm thinking of are like language practice, maybe, right? <laughs> if you, you know, if you got maybe a headphones or something that you can, you can, okay, do that. Then you're talking aloud, maybe on, on your way down the street, maybe you don't want to do that, but maybe you do. Uh, like quizzes, like, you know, practice cards, I don't know, stuff like that. Um, I'm, I'm thinking choose your, your own adventure podcast. <laughs> podcast. What would you, <laughs> what would you do with a podcast? With like, we choose multiple endings: an ending that you and I agree, and ending that you agree with me, but I disagree with you. I don't know. It's like, there's we could build a matrix here. <laughs> we could, although I think that might be better if it were an actual game rather than a podcast, oh, right? Okay. Sure, sure. So that that might work. You, it could be note taking. You know, you say, uh, you know, Siri, take this note, right? And of course, uh-huh. that's that's built in functionality. You don't necessarily need an app for that. Although, wouldn't it be nice if you know Apple made their note taking app? And then you could make better ones in the same way that, you know, like Vesper is a note-taking app that's better than, than what's built into the phone right now. But again, you, you'd almost certainly need to have it built in, like Siri be able to talk to it because it can't, you can't type on a watch. Mm-hmm. It could be scripting. Um, you could say, you know, buy the latest Doctor Who episode, something like that. Although, again, a lot of that could be something that Apple would want to build into its store rather than letting you do for, for elsewhere. But it could still be, you know, it could still be something where you, you do that. Are there other apps that you could use? So, okay, we talked about uh, audio interfaces. Are there other useful apps that third parties can make with simple enough visuals that they might be worthwhile? Okay, you switch to this other app and you see something that's just, you know, an inch or two square of of, of information. Well, weather apps. Weather apps seem to be somewhat popular on the iPhone itself. You could say, you know, you could put enough information to say what today is going to be like on on an app. And you you could... because most of these most of these third party apps they, they differentiate by having more information. So you need to find a way to put more than just you know the little icon for today in there. But yeah, somebody could probably do it. Little scrolling ticker at the bottom. Stocks again, Apple might might put that in there for themselves. News of certain kinds. You could some more elaborate interface where you say, well, I want this kind of news to be set up. Apple's never going to give you that in their news app. So a third party could do that. Uh, I have lookups like searches maybe would you you know like like something where you say you know is such and such you know you know guinness book of world records kind of lookups uh magic eight ball somebody could do a little joke <laughs> app from that right wouldn't that be that'd be kind of fun <laughs> um and other weird things that i put down here like color swatches i mean probably the screen wouldn't be good enough for that but if it were if somehow they managed to get that technology in there where you could have accurate colors you could say okay you know here's a here's a swatch for something uh, now you can go, I don't know, clothes shopping and find this and match this thing. That's probably pretty, pretty uh, specific, pretty, pretty much a, a niche thing for you to do. I don't know. I, I think I could see a proximity-based kind of mood ring type thing that you pick a random <laughs> color, and depending on who's nearby, you all kind of kind of groove into like a kind of a throbbing, uh, shagadelic type thing. Uh, depending uh, on what kind of activities you <laughs> indulge in with others, I suppose. I am recording this in San Francisco, so maybe. <laughs> yes. Um, well, that, me. that would involve proximity to other people. And that's right. actually a good question is, will that have the same capabilities that your iPhone does? Will that be tuned into your iPhone and use the, the, the LTE? Cause I doubt, you know, a little tiny thing will have, you know, a phone in it, right? It mm-hmm. won't have the full support. So, okay. It, 
ties into your phone, your phone's in your pocket, and then your phone can go find out all this information, like who's nearby and that sort of thing. Well, that might work. So we already mentioned uh, Choose Your Own Adventure. What kind of games could you put on <laughs> on this thing? Um, <laughs> one thing I read thing was Whack-A-Mole. Um, now, obviously, you wouldn't be able to you know, have moles showing up in different parts of the screen, but like a timing thing where like, can I, you know, can I hit it when it shows up before it goes away? Chris, you look pretty funny if you're walking down the street trying to hit your phone over and over. Um, the tilting, isn't there a tilting game? I think I had one as a kid. Like a, the, yeah. the thing where there's a maze. The, mar- and, the marble, the maze or whatever. Yeah, and the, yeah. the holes that you got to work around. So, you know, you can turn your arm around to make that work. Maybe. Um, could you use it as a connect if it's got motion sensor stuff in it? So, I, may, you know, maybe that would have to be tied into something else as well. Maybe even tied into your computer where, you know, it's a controller that you, you know, like with a game, you know, use it as like a way to show that you're you're shooting or you're stabbing or whatever. I don't know. Uh-huh. Probably not again because it's 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 not going to be meant to be a controller. It's not going to be have controller hardware, controller level hardware in it. But if it has some sort of what's it called a velocity, not altimeter, uh, accelerometer, accelerometer in there, um, which they seem to have in most things anymore. I think a velociraptor is that dinosaur thing. <laughs> I don't think I said Velociraptor, did I? <laughs> you didn't, but uh, I, I was, so that's seed of doubt. Would, yeah. would have been a funnier joke if I had, sure. So you look at all of these options for an iWatch, for things that you could possibly do with it, and I think it's a hard sell. I think that if there is an app store for watches in the way that we're conceiving of a watch right now, that it would be hard to imagine it would be anywhere near the same level of involvement and success as the iPhone, because it's just a lot harder to make an app that does something worthwhile mm-hmm. there. That's not to say that they won't do it, but I think they could probably wait longer to bring it out. And if there just isn't that much demand, maybe there isn't that much demand for it. Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe the reason they don't do an app store is not because it's not possible because it's probably have enough space in there to put some apps in there and it would have some, you know, capabilities, accelerometer, uh, the multi-touch, but maybe that's not good enough. So mm-hmm. I would be curious you know, if they come out with a watch whether there will be an app store for it, whether there's any demand for an app store, because I think that you know both of those are actually fairly iffy. Now, of course, if it's something completely different, if it's an armband of some sort with no screen at all, if it's a <laughs> like a necklace, I don't know what they could do. I mean, again, people have had a hard time kind of thinking through what's going to happen with this. But if it's anything other than a watch, I think it's very unlikely that they would have a, a, a third-party general SDK for it. Because then it's really something very specific that you probably don't want to fiddle with a lot. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, watch is a hard sell. <laughs> so I also wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, the other kind of thing that people talk about Apple putting out an app store for, which is the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of the same thing. It's also a hard sell, but I'd like to kind of go through it, see, see what we can come up with. Sure. So now, of course, the Apple TV already exists, so there are already apps for it. They're just apps from Apple's partners, not from everybody. So Netflix, HBO Go, Hulu Plus. And it, so here's where I admit I don't actually have an Apple TV. Um, the, one of the trouble with these apps is that they're tied into existing services that you already pay for. So you're buying a new Apple TV, but you still can't you still don't necessarily have access to lots of new things. You just have access to all the same things you have elsewhere, just now, now on your TV in a different way, like, you know, HBO Go, it's still HBO. You're still paying for HBO. Presumably you have HBO on your TV because you're paying for HBO. HBO Go, which is HBO on your computer, now being on your 
TV again. Like, what does that even get you? Well, I guess it gets you on-demand stuff, right? So you can watch different episodes at different times than what you could do otherwise. So that's good. But it's still not quite, you know, it's not quite exclusive access for Apple TV. Now, if you, so if you opened it up, you could presume we've got other media companies put their stuff on your TV. But I'm not actually sure how much of that there's going to be. Yeah. Because if you've got the, if you've got the, if you've got the content, you're probably already trying to push it through other mediums already that you don't necessarily need just this. You know, you could do that like, you know, YouTube, is there a YouTube app on it? I guess there is actually a YouTube app yeah. for, for um, Apple, the TV. Apple TV. Yeah. But you know, like maybe other TV networks that don't have a nationwide deal yet. But again, that seems pretty, pretty unlikely. So if it's not other TV shows, well then what else is there? Well, uh, can you think of, well, I'm trying to think of this question in a way that would make it interesting for you to respond, but I'm just going to say it. Pippin, right? <laughs> Apple trying to turn this into a game console. Mm-hmm. And people have been kind of mentioning that as something that Apple could do for a long time. But, you know, Pippin, right? Like, you know, Apple tried this already. They tried to come up with their own game console that was basically a computer repurposed as a game console. And they got their asses kicked because it, that you can't really do that. You can't make a kick-ass game console that's really just a computer. You can't. You you almost certainly even today can't make a kick-ass game console that's mostly just a TV watching app. I think anyway. You know. So so the problems with that right are that it probably won't, wouldn't be powerful enough to run the graphics of of hardcore games. You wouldn't have controllers built in. You have to either buy the controller separately, which most people wouldn't do, or you'd have a built-in controller, which would almost certainly be kind of crappy, right? Because they wouldn't want to spend, you know, 50 bucks to make a great controller for each for each thing they, they sell when you, most people mostly people aren't going to use it for games. So now Apple is much better at these these business decisions now than they were when they made the Pippin. So I, I would really be curious if they ever try to make that leap, if they ever just get so tempted by, oh, there's so much money in games, oh, we want to make an app store. Well, of course we're going to put a, a, you know, a game console in there. We're going to try to make it like about games. If they did, I think they're smart enough to know that it would have, need to be some sort of hook that's more than just, well, now you can play crappy games on your, on your TV. Right? Would, they kind of have to say, well, there's got to be a market for games that you can play with whatever controller would give you that won't suck. And so basically they'd be giving up all of the actual real console market to all the console makers. I think they would need to do that. They need to find some other set of games that you could do. You know, like like Bejeweled, like, I don't know, like, I don't know what they could do, what kind of games. If they don't do games, well, what else, what else is there? Um, Because games are really, I think when most people think of, well, what do you do on your TV? What's computer related? Well, it would be games. Well, you can have if you don't. So, if you don't have a TV show or a movie, and you don't have a game, could you have something which, which provides I don't know, like provides metadata for media, um, like a, a, you know, like a movie database or something. Actually, what would be really nice would be if now. So, the trouble with this is all your TV shows are in are siloed in their own apps. And then their own apps have their own 
UI for them, you know, their own way of navigating, and they're usually pretty similar, but they're still their own thing. And that makes me think of like CD and DVD, like CD, <laughs> DVD and, and, you know, uh, Blu-ray UI, because it, it's always crappy. Yeah. The custom stuff is always crappy. Wouldn't it be so much better if they just said, okay, here's the media stream, and we've got Apple always come up with the UI for it. And it comes from these companies, but it's 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 Apple's UI. That would make it better. That would also make this this metadata idea that I've been thinking of more worthwhile. Because if if it comes through Apple, that means that you could have APIs that are say, okay, here's the here's the you know the content that I'm currently looking at. You know, let me let me as like a plugin give you extra data on it. So you can think of like a, a movie where you can look up, okay, this actor. Find me the first place where this actor appears in the movie, and you know maybe even highlight them in the in the on the screen, and then you know tell me where they where that starts and stops, and you know each each place where they're where they're on screen, you know from beginning to end of the movie. So if you want to watch a movie which just have one person, or you want to look up where a person is in something, you could say okay, just go straight to that, go straight to that, go straight to that. You, you know most you can't do that now. Most companies wouldn't do that. You know like Netflix. Uh, HBO Go, they don't. They have, they have some metadata, but they they don't care that much. Let's see, what are some other? Um, you could have like little like your name bubbles throughout the movie for the actors if you care about that sort of thing. Uh, bubbles which say, well, here's what else this person has been in. You know, all that sort of thing. There's a huge amount of data that's that's out there that people have collated that you could use for this if you could just integrate it, but. I think most people don't even think about the possibilities of those things because we're so beholden to these these content studios, the, the movie and TV studios, that they're, no, 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 you're going to use our, we're never going to let anybody else have this stuff. And so that's unfortunate, but I guess that's pretty much the way things are. Uh, let's see. So that, you know, if, so if you can't put your metadata on top of other people's stuff uh, and there's really no useful way to, to bring extra media... Uh, high-end media, um, mainstream media to the TV. Could you have other sort of media going on, multimedia presentations or that sort of thing? And there's probably like, like I see stuff like this sort of online or in, in museums or that sort of thing, you know, sort of like multimedia presentations. But I don't think that stuff's all that popular. You know, that tends to be, tends to not be something which gets very popular because anybody who wants to do like, you know, multimedia stories is probably going to go into games because that's really mm. where the money is now. Of yeah. course, that's not quite stories; that's shooting things. But you know, that's that's really all there really that's, is. Not all that. games are shooting things. <laughs> Sometimes you just hit them with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's also probably not going to happen. So what else is there? Right. And again, we're kind of coming up short with some of these ideas. Well, if you can't use other people's data for interesting apps on the TV, maybe you can use your own data. Right, because you know maybe FaceTime on your TV, right? That, that you know, as of right now, you got to look at these little tiny screens you've, to, to see what someone someone looks like. You, you know, you have a call with someone where their face is on the TV. Maybe that'd be a little weird, but you could do it. Of course, th- then the camera placement is a bit of a deal, right? You'd need a camera somewhere near the TV, so you're looking at the camera and you're looking at them, but you're looking at their picture too. And of course, even if you do that, you know, if, if there's going to be a FaceTime application on your TV, you know, Apple's going to make it. Mm-hmm. Right, so okay, that's not a really great um, third-party opportunity, but maybe other stuff like take your photos, and in the same way, okay, you have metadata about about TV shows. Maybe we can find metadata about your photos, and you can say turn your photos. Like I say, you have a bunch of photos of going through the Parthenon, right? 
Could an app take those photos and turn it into like a tourist style walkthrough and say, here's where you are. We know where you are. Put up a little map that says, oh, here's where you are now. Here's where you're facing. Here's where you are on the next photo. Here's where you are on the next photo. There's, I think there's technology to do stuff like that now. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> you know, extra, you know, Wikipedia data throw in there on there as well. Now that's probably not the thing that you could do as a, as an independent developer, you know, a single person doing this because you need access to a lot of these media stores. Like, you know, you need a way to, to, to analyze locations around the world. I mean, probably, that stuff probably exists, but it's probably not something that you can just make up yourself or get access to without a lot of, lot of money. But, you know, somebody could do it. Uh, you could say you've got music to play at a party. You could turn it into a jukebox where it, you know, shows information about the the artist or, you know, a little, little light show or whatever. Uh, you would talk about games where you shoot stuff. As you said, there are games where you don't shoot stuff, like party games. What if they were like Trivial Pursuit, where instead of having the, the board in front of you, the board was up on the TV? Is that weird? Maybe. But it is something, if you had a bunch of different games like that, well, you wouldn't have to store a whole bunch of, you know, giant boxes of, of boards and pieces and pieces that get lost. You could do it all on the TV. And, you know, whatever controller you have can move the things around or answer the question or do whatever. It's possible. And one of the things, uh, like uh, like uh, Dungeons & Dragons games, stuff like that, like games where you're, normally you'd be playing on a table and you'd have like dice and everything. Well, if you could put a lot of that functionality in the, the TV screen, so, well, then you're kind of sitting around a TV trying to play D&D and that's not so great. But, yeah. Uh, like Linda.com, which is not our sponsor of this episode. <laughs> um, could be, I suppose. So they, you know, I've, since I've been listing the Linda.com ads on a whole bunch of different podcasts, you know, they've got an app where you, whisk, you, you, you watch presentations and then there's a little extra metadata stuff going on the side. There's a transcript. There's all this other stuff. That seems like that would be tailor-made to put on a TV. You have the TV to watch it and then maybe an extra little column with a little bit of extra information. WWDC, the, the streaming app for that. Put that thing right up on your TV. Teleconferencing. Would teleconferencing work if it were on your TV? Well, probably wouldn't be a big seller just because if it's for companies, you don't necessarily want it as something on your home TV, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe some people would want it. Uh, cooking apps. Other things where you get videos, videos of instructions for things. Um, do people still have TVs in their kitchen? I don't have a TV in my, my I, I thought people just take like iPad minis and put them in Ziploc bags. <laughs> Right. So, so, yeah. So that's another case where we already have the hardware to do this. You don't really want to use your TV for it. But I think there's still enough other things where you might want it on the big screen. So, so I think that would be the deal. Like before, we were saying, well, how do you scrunch something down so it can fit on a watch? What do you blow up to be on the, the size of a big screen TV that's probably bigger than even you know your biggest monitor in your house? Mm-hmm. Um, so as I was saying before, I think it's probably not a good fit for a lot of the indie apps that exist now. In the same way that the indie apps would have trouble with an iWatch, they'd probably have trouble with a, with a TV as well. You know, like Overcast, you're really just not going to watch listen to podcasts on your TV. Instapaper, you're not going to read things on your TV. You're not going to take an app like Acorn, where you're manipulating things in a fine-grained fashion from your Mac and put them on your TV. So there's, again, other than the things that I've mentioned, the kind of areas where it's something to do with media, and, and whether you know what exactly it is is something you have to figure out. But unless it's something to do with media, I think you probably don't want to put it on your TV. So again, if there's an app store, it's going to be more specialized than the iPhone or the iOS, excuse me, the iOS or the Mac app stores. But I think there are more possibilities 
in TV ops than there are for, for iWatch ops. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much all I have written down for my speculation. Okay. That's those two devices. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely a, a forward looking episode. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think we do too many of these. I, um, I think the I think the last one we did was actually episode two, which is would they call it iCode? Um, <laughs> uh, Getting we, back to our roots. Yeah, that's right. And except the if anyone actually goes back to listen to that, we we both apologize for the audio quality again. Um, yeah. But uh, I remember when they were showing off playgrounds at the last dub dub. That uh, someone mentioned, whatever, I forget who, but it's like, this is what Xcode for iPad will look like. And I thought that was, yeah. it was an interesting idea. I, probably not exactly that. You, you, know, you don't can do so much with REPL or REPLish things like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, but anyway, uh, so I was at a local NS meetup while I'm staying here in San Francisco. And there was a guy there who had, I think he said it was an LG. Uh, like cell phone watch or something like that. I don't know if it was just like it. He, he has some sort of Android cell phone in his pocket, which I, he never took out. But he, I think he, I'm pretty sure at least the watch that he, his smartwatch he had was an LG watch. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, he passed it around and we, I got to use it. And um, yeah, so it showed things like uh, whether uh, his current calendar, like actually showed like, you know, his, uh, what appointment he was currently at, which is basically was at the Ennis meetup thing. Uh, is it showed him like a bunch of, I would say, six screens. I, I eventually just stopped swiping because I didn't know how much farther it would be. And it's funny because you talk about how little information it can display. But uh, on the other hand, I'm pretty sure this thing had more pixels than was on the 9-inch Mac of your. Um, so, and so it really is more of, it's not so much a matter of uh, pixels themselves, more of the screen size. And we, we, and, we tend to throw those extra small pixels to make the fonts look better. So you're right; we can't actually display too much information there. But it seemed, you know, quite informative, and it seemed uh, you kept on talking about how you know the watch almost like needs to be on all the time for it to be useful. And I, I, I agree. I don't think it needs to be on all the time. I think uh, if anyone could pull off, it could be Apple. Where it's one of these things where. If it could detect that it has, with accelerometers and such, that as you're mm-hmm. yep. looking at the screen, is when it turns on, and when you're not, it's not. Um, couple that with maybe uh, uh, one of those, I um, uh, forget the term for it, but the little things that, that vibrate. When you, when you have a message or something, so you know that so the screen doesn't even need to light up, you just can feel a little pulse that you can take, then you can look at your watch and the screen will turn on. I think you should be able to squeeze pretty good battery life out of that, especially because I'm pretty sure that the first generation of these devices are not going to be able to, like you said, you're not going to put an LTE radio in there. Uh, they just don't have enough space for the battery with the current generation technology. So I think, the, to me, the iWatch is to the iPhone as iPhones were to Macs, at least in early generations. It's where they are, they are, they supplement a, a, a larger device you already have. I don't see, I don't think it will be one of these things where you can walk in Apple store and say, hey, I just want to buy iWatch. I've never, never done anything with Apple before. Or saying, oh, I just, ha- I want to enter my iCloud credentials and I don't want to even have an iPhone on me. I, I, maybe eventually we can get the tech there, but uh, I, I don't see that happening. Right. But I, I did say that I did feel like the LG watch that I tried out did seem pretty useful, especially because I know it's, it seems like, um, 
overly luxuriant. The idea is like you already have a phone in your pocket, and is it really that hard to pull out to look at a screen for something? And actually, it kind of is. Like uh, you know, when you're crowded on a bus and you're wearing tight jeans, and there's and maybe is you're you know can't move around much, or you just don't want to you know take out your really expensive phone in an area you don't feel safe in. I mean, something that's strapped to your wrist is a lot harder to rip off. And I could totally see that being effective, especially with less like, you know, people are sending you a bunch of messages and you just need to glance at them to try and keep up to date. I, I think it's, it's, it's almost strikes me as like, uh, and uh, cars, like power windows, and they did the like the auto down and auto up. It's like, oh, is it so hard for you to actually press down on the button for like a whole eight seconds? Right. And it's like, but but as soon as you use that, like press down, press the button, and it goes auto down. It's like, oh yeah, this is a life. This is the way to go. It really, it is. It is these things like these extravagant things. Dude, yeah. So yeah, I I I don't know if I would. Buy an iWatch, but uh, ever, yeah. ever since using that watch, uh, it's, I, I, I could definitely see like it being something that I wouldn't reject out of hand. So, or out of wrist. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Apple TV stuff, um, you talk about how you can't really have this uh, a, a kind of a PC with a crappy controller and expect it to take off. Well, that's pretty much what a PS4 is. So uh, it's it's it is a PC. I mean, they switched to X A six. And uh, I, I know Syracuse doesn't like their their controllers very much, and I, I have to agree with them. Um, for the PS4, it was more kind of like everything else about it that's made it a success. Um, especially like the like the in-house game studios is really important to kind of drive these games to make a successful platform. And I don't think Apple will ever get to the point where they have in-house game studios. Uh, I, I mean, Apple has actually written you know, internal games, whatever. I think your even your uh, iPod Nano has some games that probably ship from Apple. At least one of them on there, if I remember correctly. Um, and <clears throat> so, they, Apple has written some games. I mean, but it it's still um, you really need like a, a real industry forces to uh, to get that market. But what's interesting is that. Be, uh, due to kind of the uh, these multiple platforms being around, these big game studios, like adding another target to the Xbox and the PS and PlayStation, uh, adding another target if it's successful isn't really a big deal for them. And even things like, I mean, when Apple like rolled out Metal at the last dub dub, it's like, uh, why would anyone care? Because the Mac, in terms of a gaming platform, is essentially is a non-starter. But it's one of these things where the people who are writing the engines can add metal support and then everyone else right. mm-hmm. gets it along with it. And so if you can make the compilation targets <laughs> for targeting a theoretical Apple uh, Apple TV that actually has decent graphics, um, if you can make that that's another target then pre-targetable, then yeah, that that's it's it, then then the only handicap there is that Apple doesn't have an in-house game studio. And that it might be made up for the fact that they actually have a at a winning app store. And it, it would be funny because it could be one of these things where, you know, obviously we all complain about the app store being locked down and such, but it's so much more open than all the other platforms. Yeah. And, and so maybe that's, uh, that's a little political advantage for Apple. But, and I mean, we, we've even seen that with the iPhone as a gaming platform. Yes. Yeah. And I would say that um, I, I don't think Apple will do, like, like, I don't see Apple kind of beefing up an Apple TV to be a, a gaming console. Uh, but if they were, 
I would say is more likely under the Tim Cook era. Like this in the, like the entire IBM deal that they announced what a couple of weeks ago, or whatever. It, it strikes me as like that's the type of thing that like it's kind of defocusing to Apple. And I, I don't think I don't know if Apple Viewer. I mean, it made a lot of sense, but I don't know if Apple Viewer would would have done it. So, um, it's it just seemed like if they it, a lot of these things like are obvious growth way growth patterns. Even though you talked about like the iWatch, maybe not having like real slam dunk third party third party opportunities or really being like an app store machine like the iPhone was and the Apple TV. Kind of these are all kind of like logical outgrowths that. Apple, uh, back when it was smaller, almost by necessity, could not follow. And there kind of maybe obvious ways to grow, but the Apple stayed smart and stayed to its core. And I'm a little bit worried about them kind of diversifying and kind of spreading the tentacles out a little bit further because uh, they already have a lot of the kind of strategy tax stuff going on. So uh, yeah. I am worried about them kind of overextending themselves. And I mean, there is that, I mean, <laughs> there is that uh, curse for, uh, I think it's this Silicon Valley, but. Um, that the like company's fortunes tend to reverse right when they've finished their n- new glowing campus, and that Apple campus is coming pretty close too. So I'm worried, <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about this. Um, and then you also talked about like a lot of movie metadata, and I'm pretty sure Amazon has something like this. It's like some sort of Amazon Movie Insights or something like that. I, I was quickly googling around while you were talking, but I, I couldn't bring it up. But there was some sort of thing like on the Kindle Fire that will like you can like pause and will like tell you what actors are on screen at the current moment and then you can and then because Amazon owns Internet Movie Database, it can provide yeah. extensive information like what other movies are in and so forth. Yeah, I think Amazon is probably going to be in a better place for this sort of thing because they feel more like a real media company than mm-hmm. Apple does. You know, Apple would be less likely to try that themselves than to open than to, you know, again have an app store for it. But the app store can't connect to that movie information. I think Amazon, they're just, they're in a better position to leverage that. So yeah, if, if I had those devices, if I did that sort of thing, I, yeah, it'd be something I'd definitely be interested in. Mm-hmm. Okay. That does it for me. Okay. So let's talk about the future of edge cases. Yes. So this is our hundredth episode. Mm-hmm. And again, some people were worried that, that Wolf was, was going to uh, leave the show um, from the comments we made, because we haven't, I haven't really talked about the future of the show before. Mm-hmm. And now we will. So we are going to change things up mm-hmm. from now. And the primary goal for changing things up is to reduce the amount of work we need to do each week mm-hmm. uh, while still delivering our blather to you, our <laughs> listeners. So we're going to be doing a couple of things. We're going to be not having the same focus on pre-written uh, topics mm-hmm. that we had before. So we're going to be more of a more topical, but not like industry news. Mm-hmm. Right. We're still going to talk about kind of, you know, deeper technical topics, talk about it in terms of d- developer knowledge and things that we're interested in. But we're not going to be like, okay, here's a whole thing that we're going to talk about for 45 minutes that we've written a lot of stuff down on. We're just, you know, talking about it over. Mm-hmm. And then what else? We're going to try to see if we can shorten the show a little bit. Now, our original plan for the show was 30 minute episodes. Now, of course, yeah. we've rarely done that. I think our first episode was 30 minutes, and that was pretty much it. I was aiming for 30 minutes this time around. You can see how well that went. But we are, so, you know, before it was like 30 minutes and now it's more like 45 to 50. I'm going to aim for, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. Uh So if we aim for 20 and it turns into 30, well, then that's how that goes. But, you know, get it a little shorter than it is now. Uh We're also going to do some things as we can to to get more guest hosts on. Uh Not not guest hosts, guests. Guests, right. 
because we're not going to be doing a topic. They don't need to do a topic. We don't need to do a topic. We're just going to kind of bring them in and talk about stuff. I think that'll be, that'll be fun too. Uh-huh. And then a last thing that we've also talked about is I'm going to be looking into sponsorships. So if we start, yeah, you know, if you start hearing, you know, me talking about a sponsor in the middle of an episode, don't be alarmed. That's, <laughs> that's, you know, all part of the plan for us to do that. And so we are going to be continuing. Uh, I don't know if we'll continue for another 100th episode. A lot of this stuff is still a bit of an experiment for us. Right. But we are going to keep going with, with Wolf and me with edge cases. Mm-hmm. So we hope you are along for the ride. Sounds good. And we'll see you next time.